And I uh, like that uh, song. I like that invitation. Amen. Come and dine. And so good stuff. Let's take our Bibles tonight. We're going to start off in Psalms chapter 94. Psalms chapter 94. We've been uh, preaching on uh, Thursday night, teaching, preaching, whatever. Amen. And uh, it's a little bit of both with me, right? And uh, Brother, Bo- Brother Bob Cruzan's always like, man, you're supposed to be teaching. All you ever do is preach. I said, well, it is what it is. Amen. And if it's in me, it's coming out. So, uh, uh, But uh, we've been looking at uh, the different attributes of God and uh, different things who God is, and then, then so that we then as Christians can emulate those in our lives as well. So if you find your place, stand with me, Psalms chapter 94. Uh, we're going to look at an aspect of God you may not uh, uh, hear a lot of preaching on, but it's part of His character, and we're going to preach about it tonight, teach about it. And uh, let's look at verse 1. We'll read this verse, and then we'll go to several other places here in a few moments. The Bible says this, Psalms 94.1, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth, O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, God. We don't deserve you, Lord. We're, we're, we're wretched sinners, Lord. But thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Calvary, Lord, that saves us from our sin. And Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that uh, uh, we, we can be uh, uh, your children. I thank you can be our Heavenly Father. And Lord, I pray that you just uh, meet with us tonight, bless the Bible study, help us as we look at this uh, truth about you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Of course, you know, God, when we look at God, God is uh, everything. God is a perfectly balanced God. And as, as much as uh, He is love, He's also justice. Amen? As much as He's merciful, He's also uh, will, at one day, uh, He will judge as well. There's justice, there's judgment, there's mercy, there's grace, there's love, there's all of that. All of that is part of God. And you know, it's important that as preachers, we preach the whole counsel of God. Amen? Now, I'll be honest with you, it's a lot easier as a, as a preacher to preach on the positive aspects of God. And I'd much rather preach about heaven than I would hell. But you know what? There, uh, uh, if it's if it's in the Bible, if it's part of who God is as preachers, we got to preach about it. And so tonight is one of those attributes of God uh, that uh, may be considered by some to be an. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say the word negative, but in our minds, something that's maybe negative. But truth be told, it's a, a very positive thing if we look at it in the proper light. And tonight we're going to look at this character of God uh, attribute of God is the fact that God is vengeance. God is vengeance. Now there's a difference between us. Avenge and vengeance. All right, there's a difference. Uh, to avenge is to retaliate, but vengeance is to give retribution. And you know, folks, avenging is about getting back at someone who has hurt or wronged you. And I'll just say this, folks, God never avenges. God will, though, show vengeance. Amen? God will show vengeance. And I've had some people say, well, you know, how can, you know, such a loving God, uh, send a person to hell? Well, first of all, God doesn't send anyone to hell. People send themselves to hell. Amen? Uh, you know, listen, folks, God literally did everything possible, speaking, not just humanly possible, but godly possible to save man from hell. I mean, think about it. He literally gave Himself the most precious thing that could be given. I mean, listen, folks, He didn't send an angel down to die on the cross for our sins. He sent His very own self, uh, God the Son, uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, who is, the Bible says He's the image of the Father. 
And so he literally gave himself to come, paid the price. And listen, folks, if a person goes to hell, they're choosing to go there. Amen? And uh, so, uh, you know, that argument is why would God send a person to hell's out the window? But think about this for a minute, okay? God, the Bible tells us, is a righteous judge. And we'll look at that later on, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but uh, humanly speaking, uh, you know, we get aggravated. We Here's what we say. The justice system is broke. Right? You hear that said all the time? I mean, you know, it's so hypocritical, all right, especially what's going on in our world right now. You know, oh, we're a sanctuary city. We're a sanctuary city. So all of a sudden, you get an influx of people who want to come to your sanctuary city, and all of a sudden, the people who brought them there are human traffickers. I mean, it's such a ridiculous, uh, uh, one-sided, and I'm not even getting into that realm of stuff tonight. But listen, when it comes to a human judge, don't you want them to judge righteously? I mean, come on, if, if someone committed a crime against your family, and they stood before the judge, and the judge's like, well, I'll tell you what, you know what, I'm sure he didn't mean to do it. Uh, let's just all be good on this one. Is that okay with everybody? No, absolutely not. You would want the justice system to treat you fairly and properly. Now, why would we expect anything different from God? Right? And I'm going to tell you something, folks. God is just, and God is right, and we've already learned before, God is equitable which means His ways are equal. Amen? And He is a God not that avenges, but is a God of vengeance. Amen? A God of vengeance. And I'll tell you this, folks. God will take vengeance on all the wrong that ever has been or ever will be. God will take... I promise you this. God will have the last word. Amen? God will have the last word. And I know right now, we look around and it seems like evil men are having their way. The Bible says seducers and evil men will wax worse and worse and we're there. Amen? And it seems like everywhere you look, evil seems to abound. But I'll just tell you this, when it's all said and done, God the Father is going to have the last word, guaranteed. Amen? And nobody will stand and accuse God of anything. And so God uh, is a God of vengeance, but uh, aren't you also glad, folks, that uh, balanced out with God's vengeance is God's mercy. Amen. I don't know about you. I'm glad God don't, you know, blow me away with the lightning bolt every time I do something stupid. And we better be glad God doesn't avenge Himself of every human being who's ever disobeyed, blasphemed, or despised Him, or there wouldn't be a whole lot of people left on planet Earth. Amen? But I will say this, just because God is merciful, just because God is long-suffering, does not mean that He will not show His vengeance. Let's look at some passages of Scripture tonight, and uh, then this probably won't be as long of a Bible study as we normally have, uh, but I want to I want to just bring these things out to you. Let's look at it. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Now, what I like about uh, the end of the book of Deuteronomy, I've taught you this before, but uh, Deuteronomy is gives us the last bit of exhortation that Moses gave the people before he went off the scene, before uh, God took him out to uh, took him up to Mount Nebo and uh, and and took him up to heaven. And uh, if you know anything about Deuteronomy chapter thirty-two, when I say that chapter, uh, here's what you ought to think about: you ought to think about this word, song. Because the whole chapter is a song that Moses taught to the people. And I think that's interesting. Amen? And how that God connects truth to music. Okay? Listen, if God, if you want to remember something, set it to a tune, right? Okay? I mean, come on, folks. There's, there's things that you hear a song, and maybe you haven't heard a song in, in years, and all of a sudden you hear a song. Isn't it crazy? You haven't even thought about that song in years, and all of a sudden, if you've, if you've heard it and you've known it, you can repeat the words. And not only that, isn't it amazing how music brings out emotions in people? 
Right? You can hear a certain song and man, it just generates emotions. And that's why you've got to be very, very careful to the music you listen to. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you, you get the wrong stuff in, it will control you. I can tell you that. Music is a controlling agent. But it's interesting that God set the last words that He wanted Moses to give to the people to a song. And uh, within that song, and uh, for sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole passage, although it's worth reading. Uh, but uh, let's just look at a couple verses here. Uh, let's pick it up in verse 35. Verse 35. Now this is God talking here, and again, listen to this wording as the Lord is talking to His people in song to remind His children of some truth about Himself. To me, talking about God, to me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand. Talking about the enemies of God. And the things that shall come upon them shall make haste, for the Lord shall judge His people and repent Himself for His servants when He seeth their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. And He shall say, Where are their gods, their rock in whom they trusted, where uh, which did eat the fat of their sacrifice and, and drank the wine of their drink offerings? Let them rise up and help you and be your protectors. See now that I, even I, am He, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. For I lift up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever. If I wet my glittering sword and mine hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies and will reward them that hate me. I will make mine arrows drunk with blood, and my sword shall devour flesh, and that which the blood of the slain of the captives from the beginning of revengers upon the enemy. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants, and will render vengeance to his adversaries, and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. I don't know about you, but after reading that, I'm glad I'm on his side. Amen? Amen. Right? And you know what? God is promising here vengeance to the enemies of the nation of Israel. By the way, you start reading, starting in Joshua and Judges, that's exactly what happens. God goes in and He, and he, uh, he uh, brings vengeance upon His enemies. Amen. You see it all through the New Testament. By the way, let me just say this. Our God is not a, is not a pacifist, okay? Alright? Now, I'm not saying there's not ways to treat people. Obviously there are, alright? And, uh, but I'll just say this. That God's a man of war. Amen? He's a man of war. And so uh, this idea that, you know, God just just, uh, overlooks everything, that's not the God of the Bible. Amen? Because our God's a God of vengeance. Let's look at the book of Nahum. There's a book you don't hear too lot about, right? Nahum, toward the uh, end of the Old Testament. uh, Jonah, Micah, Nahum. This to our young people in Sunday school. Let me see if any of our young people remember this. Nahum is a prophecy against which country? Nineveh. Nineveh. Very good. Amen. And uh, Jonah, of course, preached a revival in Nineveh, and the people repented and turned to God. But over a hundred years later, God ended up destroying Nineveh because of their sin. And Nahum is the prophet against uh, the country of uh, of Nineveh. Now, notice what you see here. Nahum chapter one, verse two says this, notice this, God is jealous. Amen? What, 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 you mean God's a, he, he's a jealous God? You better believe he's a jealous God. What, what makes God jealous? How about this? Anything that takes the place in the, one act, God's jealous of that. Listen, if there's something that's a little G God in our life, that makes, because God deserves that place in our life. By the way, jealous, a, a sinful thing if the right way. Amen? And so the Bible says God's jealous. And we know 
It's a sin. God couldn't do it. God is jealous. Notice what else it says. And the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on His adversaries and He reserveth wrath for His enemies. Again, you better be glad we're on His side. Amen? Right? Because He he reserveth wrath. He's got it in store for His enemies. And for the most part, I've chosen... And age we're living in the age of grace, okay, to show more long suffering and mercy than vengeance and wrath. Although he does still do that some. Okay? But I'm gonna tell you, there's coming a day, folks, where you know what? Mercy's door is gonna shut. And all that revenge that all that vengeance that God has in store, guess what? The book of Revelation tells us that. Amen. And I don't know about you, I don't preach a message entitled um, uh, Making God Smile. What makes God smile? Smile Sunday, right? And we're always what makes God smile. Hey, let's get interested in what makes God smile. Amen. What pleases the Lord? And I, look through your Bible you find it. They're in there. Amen. And the things that displease God? Please God. Not on always. There's times in my life where I know I've displeased the Lord, but man, I don't care. Amen. So, get right in the pit. He's God. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, I don't want to face God. That, uh, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. And understand, folks, God judged our sin on, on Christ on, on the cross. I get all that. Amen. Praise God. We'll never have to face the true vengeance of God because. Jesus Christ faced it for us on the cross. But that mean as His children will be God may not whip out the serpent. Amen. The Bible talks about that. us because He's a good In the midst of that, you know what? Again, I don't want chastening in my life. I don't want in my life. I want to live a life that pleases the Lord. Alright? And I think that's how we all live. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. So get another verse here, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30. Notice what it says. Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. Okay? And because the reason there's a period there, because the thought changes for this next statement, and again, the Lord shall judge His people. And what you find out here is that God takes vengeance, recompense on His people, and then God also takes His own people. Right? So God will deal with the vengeance of a lost world, but God will also take care of judging His people. That's why there's two judgments that, that mankind will face one of these days. You'll either face Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, which as a Christian you'll stand before, not to necessarily give an account of your sin, but to give an account of your stewardship. In reward, whose reward? Stewardship as a Christian, the judgment seat. Every Christian will face Jesus Christ at that judgment seat, and that's what it's saying there. The fact that the Lord will judge His people, but then you know what? A person that's not saved, they're going to face Him at at the great white throne judgment, and there, get no mercy there. There's no determination whether you're getting into heaven or not. Great white throne judgment that awaits a person there. Reason there's 
to determine the severity. And you know what? Certain people have a high. Well, I mean, it's now that to say, uh, God here will execute vengeance. God will recompense, and He'll. And He'll also judge His own people. Amen? And all of us are going to face Him no matter what. It's just where you face Him at. Which judgment seat you face Him at. Uh, uh, flip over to a couple books. Over the book of Jude. The book of Jude. And uh, that's right before Revelation. First, second, third John, Jude. We actually taught last year. Uh, but uh, notice what it says here in verse 7. Verse 7. Notice what he says. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah... And the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an heed to that example. Hey America, we better take heed to that example. Hey perverts in the present presidential cabinet, you better take heed to that. Amen. All this, this wickedness going on and, and things that are right out of the pit of hell. Set forth as an example, notice here, suffering the vengeance of eternal God wanting to uh, let that eternal in the very near future. Amen. And again, I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. And if you're a saved child of God, you won't have to be. Amen. Uh, let's look at just a couple more here application to us. Revelation chapter 14. Let's turn over there. And of course, this is uh, Revelation chapter 14 has to do with what's going to happen during the tribulation period. And again, if you're saved, you're not going to be here for that. Uh, the church will be called out before the tribulation begins. And uh, thank you. Uh, the Lord will call us out of here to be in heaven. And uh, anybody believe in the very well. Amen. One of these days, four, but all that to say, here on the internet. And so uh, I'm not saying there's some good people to listen to out there, but you ought to get the most right here. Amen. Tonight. Amen. That's where you need to get your doctrine from. But notice what we see here. Revelation chapter 14. Chase that little rabbit trail for a minute. Amen. Notice what we see here in verse 9. Revelation 14 verse 9. They followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in the image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Listen to this. Which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the land. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. 
You know what that's called, folks? That's called God pouring out that judgment without mixture. Without mixture of what? Without mixture of mercy. Amen? And that's people who take the, 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 the mark of the beast that's going to be during the tribulation period. That's why you better make sure you're saved. Don't think for one second, well, if I missed a rapture, I'll get another opportunity. If you've heard the gospel, you won't get another opportunity. Bible says those that have heard the gospel before will be given strong delusion. They'll believe a lie. There will be people saved during the tribulation period, but it will be people who have never heard the gospel before. Amen? And truth be told, that's, that's, I'm not going to say, I, I, maybe you used to be able to say the majority of America. That's probably not true. But all that to say, you know what? There's a lot of Bible accountability. There's a lot of churches at least preaching the gospel. And people hear that. People reject that and think, well, I'll just get saved. If this thing is true, then I'll get saved. No, you won't. Amen? Because what will happen? They'll take the mark. And when they take the mark, the Bible says that God will pour out His wrath upon Him without mixture. Man, talk about a sobering thought. Amen? Revelation chapter 19. Let's look at another passage here. And then we're going to tie this thing up. Revelation chapter 19. Look at verses 19 through 21. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war set on the about Jesus Christ and against his army, talking about us. Amen. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, that's the Antichrist, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, that which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, the sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with the the homeboy Jesus that all these, uh, uh, you know, uh, happy clappy churches want to promote. That's the God of the Bible right there. Now, yes, He is a God of mercy and love. You better believe. But He's also equally God of justice and judgment. And I'm going to tell you, reject Him, reject Him long enough, reject Him past the point of mercy, that's what's waiting on you right there. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's a sobering thought, is it not? We better, no wonder the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. It's a fearful thing. They say Jonathan Edwards, the great preacher of yesteryear, that he was kind of more of a dry preacher, but he got up and he basically read his message. And when he read that verse, they said such conviction of the Holy Spirit of God fell that people were literally gripped with pews, afraid they were going to fall into the very pit of hell. And you know how people start getting saved and... Why? Because they fear God, that's why. And by the way, we better start fearing God as well. Now what's all this have to do with us? Okay, Because I've said that, well, we look at attributes of God and then we emulate those in our life. You say, well, great, yes, I can emulate this, this uh, uh, attribute of vengeance. Well, God has something to say about that. Okay, Let's look at what the Lord has to say about that. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Of course, I just taught through this and uh, spent uh, the first part of the year teaching through this chapter and I, I, I preached a message on this particular thing. But just for review's sake, let's look at what he says here. Let's not forget that, you know what, we, we do, as Christians, need to do something with our vengeance. Let's see what he has to say about it. Romans chapter 12, verse 17. Here it is. You ready? Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, you ready? Avenge not yourselves, but rather 
give place unto wrath. Now, what that's talking about is what I taught you before. It's what, this, is the, this is what that means. That phrase, give place, it's, it's the word that means to sheath, like a sword. It means put it in its place is what it's mean. And God says not not to have wrath, okay? Wrath is something that it, it, God has, we have, but God says put it up in its place is what He's saying. You know what He's saying? Get wrathful at the things you ought to be getting wrathful at, but don't be turning that on other people for vengeance is what He's saying. Why? Because vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. But remember something, folks. This idea of vengeance, it's not ours to give out. It's God's to give out. Here's what He tells us to do. Instead of showing vengeance, here's what He says. Okay, human race, here's what I want you to do. Verse 20. All right, my children, here's what I want you to do. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, make him starve. Not what it says. What's it say? Feed him. If he thirst, make him die of thirst. Nope. Give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. And really what God is saying here is, listen, you really want to get it, get back at somebody? You really want to make somebody feel horrible? When, they're, when they deserve vengeance, kill them with kindness. That's what God says. And He says, really, in, in essence, what you're doing, you know what, you're, really, you're really doing what vengeance would do. You're making them feel bad by being kind to them. But really, the motivation shouldn't be, oh, I'm going to be nice to him, so they'll feel bad. That's not, that's not the motivation. The motivation is that, you know what? Kind to them the way our Heavenly Father is kind to us when we don't deserve it. And we'll reflect them back to God. Amen? And hopefully, they'll turn to God and not have to face the vengeance of God. And verse 21, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil of good. And of course, I believe that whole chapter tells us how to overcome evil, but particularly this idea of not showing vengeance. And then one more passage, Matthew chapter 18. We'll close with this one. Matthew chapter 18. This is the parable of um, verse uh, 21 through 35. The parable of the man who got forgiveness but didn't give forgiveness. Okay, it begins with verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. You know what that means? Innumerable. It doesn't mean 490 times. Although I know some people who probably actually would keep count. Okay. Oh, he says innumerable. You know what? You just forgive. You have an unending supply of forgiveness. Okay? Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife, his children, all that he had, payment to be made. Servant therefore fell down, worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him and forgave him the debt. By the way, that's a picture of every single one of us. Amen. The song, uh, I said, not pay. Amen. We all, we couldn't pay. Aren't you glad for God's compassion? Right? But the same servant, now here we are. This is, this is humanity. This is the flesh right here. But the same servant went out, found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. How much did he owe? He owed ten thousand. Okay? This guy just owed a hundred. It'd be like literally having a debt, let's say, of a hundred thousand dollars. 
And then you go find someone that owed you a hundred bucks. Okay, that's kind of the comparison there. All right? And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were, very, they were very sorry and came and told of their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all the debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest thou not also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Notice this, verse 35. So likewise, that means this, just like that is what Jesus is saying. My heavenly Father, do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. And you know what Jesus does with that? He says, boom, baby. Wicked. Paul, forgive you, but you ain't forgiven everybody else. Well, just remember this. So likewise is what your heavenly Father will do to you. So you know what we Vengeance in its place. Let God deal with it and have an unending supply of forgiveness and mercy. Amen? Now, I'm not saying don't put up with stuff that, don't need to, that doesn't need to be dealt with. The Bible talks about it. Amen? There's a proper way to handle stuff. But even the proper way of handling stuff, you can handle a problem and still forgive. Amen? And that's what we need to do because you know why? Because God's the one that's the God of vengeance and He will take care of it when it's all said and done. Let's pray. Lord, we love You tonight. Thank You, Lord, for this uh, Bible study.